Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Ephesians with chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. In Christ, we have an inheritance that is guaranteed. It is secured by the power and the integrity of God Himself, including a dramatic and powerful down payment. Just what have we inherited in Christ? We inherited righteousness, sanctification, peace with God, power, the fruit of the Spirit, suffering, the kingdom, access to the throne of God in prayer, and several dozen other things. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he teaches Paul's description of our inheritance in several facets in today's slice of the message entitled, Your Inheritance is Guaranteed. As to our inheritance, it will be worked out by the power of God. The benefactor, the basis of the inheritance now, the purpose of the inheritance. Why does God want us to have this relationship which includes this fantastic inheritance? Well, look at verse 12. To the end, that means here's why I'm doing this, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of His glory. Now, you'll understand the purpose of your inheritance if you just take the beginning and the end of that verse. To the end of the praise of His glory. This is all initiated by God. It's all worked out by God. It's all brought to its conclusion by God. So God gets the glory. Now, the little phrase, first to hope, or first to hope in Christ, um, is actually an interesting little tidbit to try to figure out here. First to hope is the best we can do in an English translation of one Greek word. And it, and it seems to imply like, well, maybe the first ones in the gate got something extra. And that's not the case of it at all. Um, it, the meaning of the word is more like pre-hoped, as if we pre-hoped in Christ prior to His coming again, when we get our inheritance poured out for us and God, God's glory is put on full display. It's referring to all who have hoped in Christ before the second coming, pre-hoped in Him before the fulfillment of it all. Now, it is true that you could take the first to hope in Christ to refer to the apostles, Paul says, we who were the first to hope, but seems to be he's including the Ephesians. You could take that to be the apostles, though, and the other first-generation Jewish believers. They were first on board to be in Christ. But the text goes on to explain that all who have believed share in all of the blessings. So the sense of it is we who hoped in Christ before He comes again, we get all the blessings. Now, that points you to the word hope, great theological word in the New Testament. It is 
that word that means a favorable, confident expectation. It's not nail-biting. It's not, gee, I, I hope this works out. This is your trust that God will accomplish everything for His glory according to His plan. And again, the tense of the verb is significant. Uh, I know you also don't get goosebumps about a perfect tense, but this is a perfect tense, which in Greek means it has been accomplished in the past and the results are in full force now, from then on. It's a, it's a done deal. We have hope. We've placed our hope in Him. We stand in hope. We look forward to the fulfillment of hope. Always continuously abiding in hope, if you will. Christian hope... And Christian faith is not something that just happens at a point in time. I always say it's, it's not that you once believed, it's that you became a believer. You entered into a life of faith. Faith is not merely a moment, it is a life pattern. Uh, I've had uh, somebody ask me this week, and then I heard, uh, I was listening to a podcast, and somebody had asked the, 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 the same question there. Well, I don't know the moment that I came to faith in Christ. Well, you know, I do. I happen to know because I had never heard the gospel. I heard the gospel, and I repented, and I believed. But if you grew up hearing that, well, was it when you said yes in Sunday school when you were four? Or was it when you said yes at vacation Bible school when you were eight? Or was it when you um, uh, got caught doing something naughty when you were 14? Or was it when you were actually 18? If you've heard the gospel the whole time, it can be difficult to know. But you know what? The answer to that question is, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. The point is, Right now, are you trusting in Christ alone? Are you standing on faith alone, in the grace of God alone, for His glory alone, on the authority of Scripture alone? It's what you're doing right now. That's what matters. And it can get real fuzzy on that front end of it. For me, it was a dramatic thing. But you know what? I was still pretty good at sinning. And I found out the whole difference between me and the other people that I went to college with is they would do something both feet all the way in, in the deep end. I would stick my toe in the waters and I would come out feeling 10 times worse than they did because I was convicted of my sin. And then I would think, oh no, well, would I really have done that if I know the Lord? But see, when you know the Lord, you love the Lord and you hate your sin. How are you doing today. Well, the life of faith is where you stand today. You don't come in and out of it. You enter in, and once you're in, you're sealed. I'll show you that in a few minutes. But understand, to hope in Christ is to fix your abiding trust in Him. And that's how you come to be in Christ. Well, you've seen the benefactor, the basis of the inheritance. You've seen the purpose of the inheritance. Now, what is the requirement of the heirs? Who is qualified to receive this inheritance? The answer is in verse 13. In Him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, 
having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, the key word there is believed. The ones who are qualified to receive the inheritance are those who believe, those who have faith. And into this verse is woven a great definition of what saving faith is. Notice the phrase, after listening. After listening implies hearing with comprehension, perceiving, understanding. It's a verb form that means that you've listened and understood, and that leads to your faith. It precedes the faith. Then comes the message of truth. That's parallel with the gospel of your salvation. It is the message of the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, that Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He appeared to many, read 1 Corinthians 15, and you'll get that. And then, having also believed, completes the definition. Believe is a translation of that word. The the noun form is faith. The verb is pastuo, which comes from a root that means to bind yourself to something. So, heard the message and believed, if you will, three ingredients of saving faith. You have to have the correct message. You have to have an accurate understanding of the correct message. And you have to have a commitment. Romans 10.9 says that for a person to be saved, he or she must make the declaration with their mouth and with their life that Jesus is Lord. In other words, you bind yourself to Him. You're a, it's, it's a binding yourself in obedience to the Lord. I remember almost 50 years ago, a um, friend of mine, he is with the Lord now, um, he was in the leadership of the Los Angeles Police Department when bulletproof vests were invented. And he used that to illustrate genuine faith. He described how they were presented to the, offer, to the officers, and they had, they had videos, and they had these samples you could touch and feel and, and, and look at, and you could see how they would fasten around you and all of that. And they had, they, had, they had the videos that showed, you know, slow motion, what happens to the bullet when it hits the, the, the bulletproof vest, and then you, you take off the vest and the bullet's embedded in it, and the person can um, walk away, at least live. And they had these elaborate demonstrations. And then, after they were all convinced it was so cool that something like that could thwart a lethal attack, then they had a problem. Putting those things on when it's 90 degrees outside, that wasn't comfortable. Wearing those things around under your uniform, you might have to get a bigger uniform to be able to wear it uh, underneath. And, uh, and, and, you know, that took time, and that was trouble, and that was, uh, and that was uncomfortable. But you know what? You can't say when the bad guy fires the gun, hold on, let me go get my vest. You have to hear the message of what will save your life, understand it, and put your faith in it. You've got to commit to it. You've got to put that thing on. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.